أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أليس الله بكاف نبده ويخففونك بالذين من دونه ومن يذلل الله فما له من حاد Chapter 39 verse 37 Allah Almighty says Is not Allah sufficient for his servant? And yet they would frighten thee with those beside him. And he whom Allah judges astray, for him there is no guide. It was 1947, Hazrat al-Muslim Ma'udrasi gave a speech. And the title of which, if we were to translate it, would be Critical Moments in the Life of the Holy Prophet Muhammad ﷺ that proved the truthfulness of God's word, alayhi sallallahu bi-kafin abduhu. Is Allah not sufficient for his servant? Now, all of us, probably some of us may even have rings. Alayhi sallahu bi kafin abdu or alayhi sallahu rings. How many of us have rings? Alright, mashallah, quite a few of us. And so we're familiar with the idea behind it. Alayhi sallahu bi kafin abdu, who is Allah not sufficient for his servants. But uh, first and foremost, we should remember it's actually a verse from the Holy Quran. And it was revealed to the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam first. He is the first addressee of such a verse. Secondly, yes, you are right, we all also are very familiar with it being revealed again to the promised Messiah Therefore it also addressed him. Now the famous incident that you are all aware of, which is that when the promised Messiah's father passed away, uh, he was at that moment very busy in the work of Allah, and not very concerned where financial assistance would come from. But the moment he passed away, just for a split second, a thought came into his heart, into his mind. And that was that maybe, just maybe, I'll have to be distracted. Some part of my work will be distracted. And focusing on this uh, responsibility of financial, you know, uh, helping his family financially. But as quickly as that thought came, it was just as quick that God Almighty revealed to him, is Allah not sufficient for His servant? Immediately spoke to him. And this revelation came and the Promised Messiah describes what happened next. He said, after this, Allah took care of me in such a way that no father could ever have filled that gap or filled it in that way. This was again a direct response. And then of course you all know that He inscribed it into a ring. Uh, and that ring of course is what has inspired all of us to also have rings uh, inscribed with the same words. Now why is any of this important? And this is why it connects to us. If you and I have a ring, we have to understand why we wear this ring. What does it really mean? What are we really saying to ourselves and what we are saying to God Almighty? But let's get deeper into the words itself, the verbiage. Now as you all know that and again this is all stuff that Hazrat al-Muslim in this particular speech had mentioned. The first is that in this verbiage it says, Alaysa Allahu Bekafin Abdahu, Abd. The word Abd is used. Now, Abd means servant, true servant, sincere servant. It means somebody who is dedicated and devoted to God Almighty. It doesn't say the word Muhammad, it doesn't say the word Ahmad, it doesn't specify any particular person, which means that there is a slight glimmer of hope for you and I. That if we are also fulfilling what the conditions of being an abd, a servant of Allah, 
we also could benefit from the blessings of these words. It's not limited only to the Holy Prophet Muhammad or to the promised Messiah It extends to us in one way. The second is that the language of the verse has a subtle hint to the fact that God will, out of nowhere, come to your aid and your support. Now all of us here in this room are having some kind of struggle, some kind of difficulty, some kind of challenge in our lives. There's no doubt about that. And who wouldn't want Allah Almighty to come out of nowhere and help us and assist us and bless us in one way or another. And this is what this verse has in mind or has behind it. And so if we were to look at, for example, the Hazrat al-Muslim in fact speaks about this and says, look, think of it like this. You and I have all experienced this. Just by being on this path towards God Almighty, you and I have experienced this, that sometimes we're thinking of someone and all of a sudden they give you a call, right? You're talking about someone in a good way and all of a sudden they call you, they meet you, they appear before you. Or sometimes you're thinking of something and all of a sudden out of nowhere it appears. And let's remind ourselves that it happens so continuously that it's not a coincidence. It is something there. There's something that's divinely inspiring such instances. And so one example I remember reading about myself growing up there was a, a Sufi, a very saintly man, and he was going with one of his students, Shagir. And the student wanted to be a saint. So he said, I will stay with you and, and learn from your ways. And so they went together one day, they decided to go to the market, the bazaar. And so the saintly man told the student, wait here, I'm going to go into the bazaar, buy a few things and come back. And so as the student was standing there, just waiting, and you know how your, our thoughts start to you know, wander, he started thinking, you know, I really feel like eating some strawberries as an example. He said, it'd be nice if I could eat some strawberries. You know, just thinking about it. And then just the thought leaves his mind and he's just standing there waiting. And all of a sudden, this saintly man returns with a bag of strawberries. And so, immediately the student is a bit shocked. What's going on? You know, I thought about it and I kind of just threw it in the air. And as the saintly man approached closer to the, suf uh, to the student, he said, next time, instead of telling him, just tell me and I'll bring it for you. So this really shows us to what extent God Almighty works, where God Almighty sometimes listens to our prayer in a very subtle way to remind us, hey, I exist. Hey, you can be close to me. Hey, this can happen all the time. Just tread on that path, take that first step, and Allah will return, you know, walking or, or running. Uh, Hazur himself gives an example. He says, my own younger son one day was just pondering over mangoes and said, why hasn't the mango season come yet? What's going on? You know? And he says he's very young, he has no idea what seasons are and when fruits come. And he just, you know, he just thought this is a lingo that people say. And so he said the same thing. He said, when, you know, why hasn't the mango season come? And so Azur said, you know, as I'm about to explain to him that this is not even remotely close to that season, a man from Sindh appears, very far away. And he has a bag of mangoes. <laughs> he says, so even my son witnessed this, that you think of something sometimes, and Allah has a special treatment where He then blesses your words. And you, are, you and I are all, alhamdulillah, by the grace and mercy of Allah, by, by this umbrella of khilafat, we have this ability to sometimes make these prayers and see them come true. But I guess the point here, the objective here, is not to stay at that very preliminary level. It is to improve and enhance and continue on this journey. And so, now although again, like I said, the word uses the, you know, the verse uses the word abd, 
extending his application to all sincere servants. But let's take a moment and step back and realize where did it apply on the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam, the primary addressee of this particular verse. And then when you start to you know, unwind and look deeper into his life, you'll find every element of his life was connected to this particular verse. Or you could indirectly or directly even connect his entire life to this verse. And that's actually what this series of Dars and will be for the next couple of weeks. We will talk about all of those different instances that apply to his very life. I'll try to share one today. But we will continue throughout his life seeing how every aspect of his life was connected to this verse. But again, let's get deeper into understanding what this verse is. And this is the beauty of the Holy Quran. It is not just simply, is Allah not sufficient for a servant? And you move on to the next verse. You can get deeper and deeper and understand how beautiful and magnificent this Holy Quran is. And this is one of the reasons why the Holy Quran is still in Arabic. So that as you get deeper into the study of the Holy Quran, you begin to enjoy it more and more and see the beauty of it. And the best part of it again is because of you know, the coming of the promised Messiah and Khilafat, we have a deeper understanding of this Holy Quran. Any other Muslim mosque you go to, and you will find that they have very preliminary, basic understanding of these verses. But when we talk about these verses, we get really deep. So I'll give you an example. If you were to examine this verse, just for a moment, you and I can do it together. Is Allah not sufficient for His servant? It has two subtle implications, two things that go along with it. Right? What is it? Some kind of great difficulty or challenge must already be present. Right? Why would Allah say, is Allah not sufficient for His servant? Why would he tell this to one of his servants? That don't worry, Allah is sufficient. There must be a difficulty already present, a challenge, an impossibility. Something that that servant cannot get out of, no matter how much he tries. So that's number one, that element must exist. A great difficulty must exist. But once Allah utters these words, as Allah not sufficient for his servant, it has a simple solution, which is, Allah will aid you from a place you never imagined from a direction, a place, a way, that you could not have fathomed that that was a way I could have gotten out of this problem, or that challenge, or through somebody who you would have never imagined. It could have only been the hand of God Almighty. These are the two basic, you can say, foundations of this verse. If this verse would apply to you and I, all of the difficulties we already have in our lives, they exist, of course they exist. But how many of us have had the opportunity to hear these words ourselves? But it can happen, any one of us can hear it. But once it's heard, then a help comes out of nowhere, out of thin air. And that is the beauty of this particular verse. Now another element that Hazur actually speaks about here, which is also interesting, and I wanted to note it down, and I wanted to share with all of you right now. And that is that he says, you know, those of you, who, you know, those of us who kind of have that different wavelength, we think about Allah, we talk about Allah, we... We take things, you know, we don't take things for granted. We count our blessings. You know, we're blessed to be able to do that. But there are those around us, living amongst us, our neighbors, you know, our friends, who are so engrossed in this world that they don't even, they can't even fathom the idea that, that this light or this mosque or your car or your house has in fact come from Allah. They believe it was, you know, something they inherited from their parents and their parents work hard and that's how they got it and so on and so forth. And they live with these lives where they have waiters and they have, you know, as we're listless, he's like, they have cars, they have houses, they have mansions. 
They have money, they have wealth, they have everything you can possibly imagine. And when you ask them, where did you get this? Their immediate response is, my parents. I got this from my parents. I have a nice car because my parents gave me this car. They have a nice job, or whatever that is. They, they're, they're so blinded by this world that they're not able to see or count the blessings of Allah. And that's precisely where the challenge is. And so you and I have to make sure that we're always on that wavelength towards God. Otherwise, we will also start to lose sight and start to think that everything we have is something of our own, you know, of our own doing. We will start to look down on the earth and so on and so forth. And I'll give you my own example. Um, I again, I had a chance of serving almost five years in the Pacific Islands. Now when you go to a place where there's nothing, you start to count every single blessing you can possibly imagine. You know, again, as you walked here from the car, you didn't take into account the lights you had outside, the gate that we had in the front, the sidewalk you walked on, the doors you have in the front. None of those things existed in some of the islands that I lived. In fact, we built a new mosque, and the mosque just had a roof and a floor, and that was it. There's no walls, there's no windows, there's no doors, there's nothing. In fact, it's only recently I got a report that they're finally going to put doors uh, and the windows on it. But it shows you that these are small things that you and I probably walked all the way from our car to this, to this room, completely disregarding every single little favor that you received. And I've given this example many times before. Rahma Jamal Sahib, you know, he's a great pioneer of Los Angeles. And he too, I remember we visited him just days before he passed away. And it was very strange even for me as a child, seeing him in a very difficult condition of his life. You know, looking at him, he was weak, he was frail. He's just days away from passing away. And you can see that the cancer, you know, had spread and he's just about to pass away. And yet he's praising Allah. He's excited and happy. And I'm confused as a child. I'm like, what are you so excited about? And so when we asked him, what are you so happy about? What are you praising Allah for? What bounties that you could possibly count at this moment? And he said, just a few days ago, my ability to create saliva had stopped. I'm not able to do it anymore. I'm not able to eat as a result or properly you know, talk. All these things, these are issues I'm having now. He said, but what came to my mind immediately was that I have had this blessing of Allah all my life for the last 80 years or 70 years. And I've never thanked Allah for the saliva that is created in my mouth. So I'm spending this time to thank Allah. Oh Allah, thank you for the saliva you gave me. See, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much if we start to think deeper and deeper and connect with those things. It really connects us to, a bigger, to the bigger picture. And so, again, Hazrat al-Muslim speaks about this. He says, those people who are so engrossed in the world, they are not able to see the blessings. They're not able to see and count and thank Allah Almighty and really enjoy their lives. Now, getting deeper into this verse, as I mentioned, there are two promises that are mentioned. You know, on one end, in fact, there are two prophecies, really. In one end, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, every life will have some kind of difficulty at every turn. And on the flip side of it, he will be given aid and assistance from, from out of nowhere. That will constantly happen throughout his life. And so today again, I just want to share one example of that. There are many, many examples. And we'll get deeper into it, inshallah, as we move along. One example is, <clears throat> while he was still in the womb of his mother, 
How many of you can remember what happened? What tragedy, what difficulty, what threat appeared before his life? He's still in the womb of his mother. He's not even born yet. Who remembers what happened? His father passed away. His father passed away, that's right. Now imagine, even in this day and age, right now, if somebody is born without a father, how difficult it is. Statistically speaking, single mothers, what, are, what challenges do they have? Now imagine 1400 years ago. A challenge Allah gave him that is so difficult for us to overcome, even thinking about it today, is that how could a child be, be ready to be sent to this world, to transform this world, to be the best creation of this world, to help guide this entire world, and the very first challenge before he's even born, Allah Almighty causes his own father to pass away. So imagine for a moment that kind of threat, that kind of difficulty, that kind of challenge. Again, is it in the control of this unborn child? No. He had no way of controlling these circumstances. He had no way of assuring that he will stay on the right path, or he will be guided, or he will be treated. There's no way. This is an impossible challenge that he was given. And you and I also know this, that whenever this scenario happens, even relatives sometimes abandon the child. They leave it to the mother and her family. They completely disregard. They say, it's your problem now. Our connection to you is, is passed away, is gone now. And they completely disregard that child. Now imagine 1400 years ago, how much that must have been played a role where this child has no father. Why would anybody want to take him? But what happens on the day of his birth, again, is nothing shy of a miracle. Because nobody, not you and I, could place the love of a father into anybody's heart. It's impossible. I cannot force somebody to take this child as if he is your own. They might take him, they might treat him differently, make him feel, you know, so on and so forth, and let him down on a dark path. But who is such a person who can place in someone's heart the love of a father for his own son? But on that day when he was born, he was placed in the lap of his grandfather. And his grandfather immediately became that loving father that this child, that Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa وسلم, was deprived of having seen. It is unique because this grandfather had many sons and he had many grandchildren. There's no reason for him to have shown love and affection to this one child, a child who... Again, he has no direct connection with anymore. His own son had passed away. And yet, he was protected. And God placed that love in his heart. So much so that on that very day, his grandfather gets up and goes to the Kaaba and thanks Allah Ta'ala. Oh Allah, thank you so much for the birth of this beautiful child. That was the moment that God said, that this child was put in a very difficult and impossible scenario and yet Allah Almighty placed the love of his father into his own grandfather and kept him in a very good and pro you know in, in, in the best love he could possibly give him and so the lesson here for today at least and we'll continue inshallah as we move forward but the lesson for today is that we should take a moment and reflect where we are and what we have are we those who ignore the bounties and blessings of Allah or are we those who count them at every moment. This example of the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam shows us that there are sometimes 
difficulties in this life that are out of our control. It is not a moment for us to give up hope or a moment for us to think that if I can't fix it, nobody can fix it. That is the moment we should separate from this idea that we have some control and then basically hit the prayer mat. Ask Allah Almighty to guide and to help and to bless. And then we will see many, many avenues start opening for us. Again, the condition is you and I have to be an abd, a true servant of God Almighty. And when challenges are faced, see this is another thing that I know many of us are thinking, and I thought this myself growing up as well. I said, look, I, I want to be you know, a good person, good heart. I want to be a special in the sight of Allah Almighty. But I don't want difficulties or challenges. Who wants those? Nobody wants to willingly accept those. But what we forget is that from a, from a, from a worldly perspective, they look like difficulties. They look like challenges. They look like something that we would all detest and despise. But yet the person in the middle of them, he doesn't feel that. He feels a sense of comfort, a sense of ease. To give you an example, Hazrat Ibrahim salam, as you know as a prophet, he was thrown into the fire. But when he was describing the fire, he said it was calm and cool. So you and I may be watching this fire thinking, oh what torment he's being put placed in. And yet, what is he feeling? He's feeling calm and cool. And so that's the reality. When you become a true ab, when those difficulties weigh on your shoulders, they're not actually difficult. They're easy. For an onlooker, from, an out, from, some, from somebody outside, they may look different, difficult, but the reality and the truth is that they are not. And so the goal here is that we spend this day thinking about God Almighty and trying our level best to get closer to Allah Almighty. Because I know that if any of you has a struggle in your life right now, the goal is to hold fast to Allah. And if for whatever reason your life is easy, then struggle more for the sake of Allah, willingly. Wake up for tahajjud, do your prayers, do things willingly, and you'll find that Allah Almighty will open more and more doors, inshallah. May Allah enable us to do so. Amen.